And here we are for the Friday show, and Fridays mean one thing at the 49. It means LCR. It means Last Chance Radio. It means Moto Man and possibly Bookie Kyle live and in person and blowing up your speakers today and trying to hump you right in the ears. That's what they do. Those guys are dangerous. And they are on today, 3 o'clock till 7 p.m. right here on the Big 4-9, my favorite day of the week. I get to hear less stretch and more of somebody else yakking up on this bitch. Man, but I do got moto for you today. I got moto palooza on the Friday show. I'm going to drop the entire 250 Washougal podium up on that ass. Coming up in moments, we'll hear from Mr. Justin Cooper. After that, we'll rerun the interview from Danger Boy Deegan. And then we'll rerun the interview from Mr. Hunter Lawrence. And then we'll close it back out with a replay of our friend Justin Cooper from the Star Racing Yamaha crew. That's what we're going to do. That's not one, not two, not three, but four moto interviews technically on the big show today so get ready to strap it in on a friday and then i have a ufo story i'm going to get to after the justin cooper because i always have a ufo story it's going to be hard to get to it's got so many different points on it it's one i have not heard in a very long time i heard one of these stories a while ago and somebody went and filed all the you know claims for Information and all that crap that you can do with the government, and they got, you know, redacted reports, but they strung them all together, and there is some very interesting UFO stuff going on in Arizona that we're going to get into. Very, very cool. This is another one that I, I really like this report. They did a great job. So we'll break it down and get into that. And then I've got a whole bunch of other crap to get into, and I may just rant. I may rant about Ricky Carmichael being a big fat liar so much his pants are on fire, so much so that he is now pissed off Moto Man, and Moto Man has told me, Stretch, you know what? Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg ain't got nothing on me. He said he is White Kong. He is Ginger Kong. King effing Ginger Kong, Moto Man is, and he is ready to fight Ricky freaking Carmichael in a cage if Ricky does not produce a Triumph motorcycle very, very, very soon. And, and I'm, I'm serious, it's going to happen. Moto Man, not a big guy. It's not like me beating up Ricky Carmichael where, you know, I would hurt him. Moto Man and him, they're the same size ballpark. Moto Man's looked out crazy, and I'll tell you this, I know this is a factual statement right here. Ginger's don't have the same pain receptors that normal people do. Gingers are effing crazy. They got no soul and they don't feel pain like the rest of us. So gingers are effing crazy. And Moto Man is a loped out ginger gangster walking, nightmare talking. Yeah, that's what he is. And he's ready. He's, he's calling out Ricky Carmichael and I'm trying to put it together before I ride off into the sunset. I'm trying to get a steel cage death match between Moto Man and Ricky Carmichael. Moto said he'll do it for free. Moto said, I don't care. Moto said, you know what? When he does the four-hour radio palooza today on Last Chance Radio, he said that's equal to three years of Ricky Carmichael on his damn podcast. He said, Ricky's out riding street bikes this week. I bet he's not even going to be on the podcast. He's tapping out again. Moto said he can make him tap out. So I'm like, Moto, let's make this happen. Let me get somebody on the phone. I'll call Dana White. I'm friends with Dana White. I see if I can get Dana White on the phone. Dana, can we make this happen? It's Moto Man versus Ricky Carmichael. It's the OG Ginger Kong versus the GOAT. That's what it is. That's what it is. And I got my money on Moto Man. That's my dog right there. I'm betting on Moto. And I'll be his coach. I'll be in the corner mouthing off and saying all kinds of awful things. That's what I'll do. As long as we get this fight done before I, I retire on October t- uh, August 25th. <laughs> But if not, I, I will still be there rooting it on. I'll be watching on the pay-per-view. We'll give the money to uh, Road to Recovery, Ricky Carmichael. Moto Man said, you're a punk bitch and you will not accept his challenge. That's what Moto Man told me. I was like, Moto, you go hard, boy. He's like, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. He's a poser. He's faking the funk on a nasty dunk. That's what Moto said. So, hey, get ready, because this is coming. I'm, I'm going to stay on this one. I'm not letting go of this story either. But up next, little Justin Cooper, star racing Yamaha for that ass. And we'll talk this crazy UFO story out of Arizona. It's what you'd expect from a stretch show on a Friday.
Big 49, it is a stretch show, and right now we are sitting down with Star Racing Yamaha's Justin Cooper, number two overall today, looking solid up on the podium, and it looked like you had a chance to take the whole thing today with that second moto. You were out front, and you were running hard, and then Hayden ran you down. I know I heard you say up on the podium that you didn't get any food into you today, that you weren't feeling well uh, stomach-wise or something like that, so uh, walk us through what happened and you know what you think of this number two overall today yeah I honestly felt good all day um even in both motos I felt good um okay. probably all the way up until 25 minutes into the second <laughs> moto I was okay. uh pushing from the halfway point trying to build a little bit of a gap and um yeah, yeah 25 minutes hit and I, I was I was falling back into the clutches of Hayden I knew it so yeah. uh I tried to hang on but uh yeah he was ripping so uh, hats off to him. He was riding awesome and, uh, yeah, took it on home in second from there. All right, and you're consistently on the box this entire season. You did miss uh, a race after an injury or after a crash, and you came right back, got right back on the box. Are you pleased with your, you know, with your rate of being on the podium and being so consistent when you're on the track, or are you really frustrated because you can't get that overall win? Yeah, it's frustrating for sure. I'm probably up to like five seconds now, and uh, okay. I mean, I'm getting good points. Uh, I just, yeah, there's been better guys than me each time. It's okay. nothing really, really I can do about that. I'm trying my best. So, um, yeah, I felt like uh, today I had a, a good shot at it, but yeah, um, yeah I think uh, Hayden, even with the one-two, would have got me. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty smoked at the end. I didn't get enough food in me today, and. Um, yeah, that, that uh, definitely showed at the end there. I had nothing to give. Yeah, but you still, coming in number two overall on this track, on this day, you know, was pretty impressive. Is there any consolation on the incredible consistency that you've got going on this year and staying up on the box? To be honest, it's pretty normal for me. Uh, in 2021, I didn't miss the podium overall, so uh, I just kind of feel like I'm. Uh, it's expected for me at this point. I'm, okay. Always been consistent, um, trying to get a little bit more loose and uh, hanging out some more. So, uh, tried that today, just came up short. All right. Speaking of getting loose, man, whoever designed those bikes you guys were on today, they got loose with the style pack because you guys had some retro Yamahas that you were racing today. What was your take on the, you know, this limited edition uh, bike that we saw you guys on today with all the colors and everything? Yeah, it's always cool to switch it up, I think. Um, yeah. I think everyone loved it. We've got nothing but positive feedback from it. So uh, it's it's awesome. It's it's a little bit different looking at the white fender, you know. It uh, took some getting used to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, same bike under us. And it's just cool to switch it up, man. It's uh, We had a, a lit kit this, this weekend for uh, sure. All right. And let's talk about Loretta Lynn's coming up. Uh, you got anything to do out there? Do they have you going out there to support some of the younger riders or any promotional stuff you need to do for any sponsors? Or are you just going to take two weeks off and regroup and get healthy and get back at it at Unadilla? Yeah, I made the trip there last year. As, uh, okay. Uh, showed my face, signed <laughs> some autographs. And, uh, all right. Yeah, I think uh, – I don't think I'm making the trip this year, but uh, take a few days off and uh, yeah, we got some time to to chill out a little bit, two weekends off, and uh, yeah, come back for the last three and uh, yeah, do the same thing. All right, well, best of luck to you when we get to Unadilla. You're riding really, really well. You're looking for that overall win. Hope to see you pick it up maybe as soon as Unadilla. That'd be awesome to see. And congratulations on the consistency and just riding really, really well, man. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. The Man Urge. Report! Gotta tell you, The Rock is definitely being cool right now, kicking down a seven-figure deal to all of the struggling, striking actors that need to pay their bills. And now he stepped up and got a UFC fighter his own apartment. Rock heard about Thimba Jarimbo living in the gym where he trains to be a UFC fighter because he can't afford his own apartment. He lives on a couch in the gym and has $7 to his name. Well, The Rock reached out to him because he's been in a similar situation his own self, and then he walked him over to an apartment, which he bought for him. This is his apartment now. This dude can actually move his family here and have an actual place to live, and The Rock is a pretty damn cool dude. 
speaking of giving away a lot of cash earlier this week, I told you that Taylor Swift had kicked down $100,000 bonuses to all the truck drivers on her current summer tour. Well, that's not all. We now know she didn't just kick down hundred grand to the truck drivers. She kicked down massive amounts of money to absolutely everyone on that tour. They say she has given away about $50 million in bonuses on this tour. How does she do it? Not be broke? Well, this tour itself, they say, has generated almost $1 billion. Still, 50 million bucks is no slouch. Taylor Swift, pretty damn cool like The Rock. And finally, yesterday at the final press conference for the Nate Diaz-Jake Paul fight, which takes place tomorrow night in Dallas, it was your typical stuff, get in their face, strike a pose. And then as it was winding down, Nate said something to Jake Paul's manager. Suddenly, Jake Paul's manager was a tough guy, and he said something back to Nate, and then the security jumped in. And when the security jumped in, Nate's guys started bombing on the security, and we had an all-out brawl for a few minutes there. It didn't last too long, and neither of the actual fighters, Nate nor Jake, were involved in the fireworks, but it was fun to see. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 4-9. It is a Stretch show on a Friday. Fridays are wonderful. It is a double dose of happiness for me on a Friday. Not only do I get to sit at my luxurious office with the AC blasting high, and I'm sitting there, got my hand on my gat, you know, because I'm gangster, and I listen to Moto Man and maybe Kyle today, too. I listen to both of those numbnutses talking on the radio. Makes me laugh. Then I get in my car, I drive home, and I watch episode two of season two of Heels on the Stars Network, starring my son. I don't think my son's in this uh, coming episode. He was all over that first episode. He had a good match, too. He fought Rooster, whooped his ass, beat him with a chair, and threw him in a trash can. It was like, damn, boy's ruthless like his father. It's crazy. Well, we got that going on. Fridays are solid here, but nothing, nothing, nothing makes me happier than talking UFOs on the Stretch Show. It's what I do. It's my go-to. My go-to is UFO talk. And this story, I do remember vaguely a while ago, a story out of Arizona over a military training area. When I say training area, where they train in fighter jets. And there were what they said were very, very high-performance drones. And they called them drones. They did not call them UAPs, and they did not call them UFOs. And I remember that story. And they went looking for these things, and these things just bounced. And they're like, whoever was operating them, we don't know where they were. And they seem to have evaded us, and they are gone. All right, well, there seem to be a few more reports like that. Here and there, they would pop up, and you'd be like, what is happening here? And, they, and they're not all classified as drones. They're now calling them small unidentified objects. Sometimes in swarms, like groups of as many as eight, and some characterized as drones flying at altitudes of 36,000 feet and flying as fast as Mach 0.75. That's a fastest F drone. No propeller drone can fly that fast. Also, commercial drones can't go that high, let alone go that fast. They can't do either of those two things. They say another apparent small drone actually hit the canopy of an F-16 Viper causing damage. Means this plane was flying about, you know, however fast the jet's flying, let's give it five, 600 miles an hour, and they, and they anticipate that the alleged drone was flying at about 500 miles an hour as well and it hit the fighter jet. Fighter jet sustained damage, but did not go down. That was uh, over the combat training ranges of Arizona in January of 2020. Well, now they did some deep diving. This is what I like, deep, deep diving. So socialize and forget about its job in the nine to five it. Let's dig on this. Let's find out what's going on in the UFO world. Well, the events are described in reports from the Federal Aviation Administration and they filed for some freedom of information reports and they got them and these guys say when it comes to the air force in arizona they've got luke air force base and davis uh Monthan air force base luke has long been a major training hub for u.s air force and foreign f-35 and f-16 pilots 
They say, though, it works with the F-16, uh, have been diminishing. And they say over the other one, they currently host units flying a variety of aircraft, including the A-10 Warthog and the EC-130 and all kinds of other military aircrafts. Well, they say units of the Arizona National Guard also operate from various bases in the southern end of Arizona. And that names a bunch of these bases. They also got a Marine Corps Air Station in Yuma. So you've got a crap load of military activity in Arizona. A crap load. And they are flying around. You got the Navy, you got the Air Force, you got the Marines, you got the National Guard all flying around in this state doing training exercises and whatnot. Well, the reports of unidentified objects, especially the ones involving groups of them flying together, are piquing the interest of some UFO researchers. They say given the surge in interest in recent years in what are now often referred to as UAP, but have previously been commonly known as unidentified flying objects. Wait a minute, I thought these were drones. Now, a drone could be a UFO if you don't know what it is or where it came from. Unidentified, it fits the criteria. But what I'm starting to notice is as they want to go get away from the heat of the UFO, UAP, first they changed the name to UAP, and now they're just calling them, everything's a drone. Everything's an effing drone. So they go on and on and on. And this uh, website, The War Zone, they're the ones that first got into the drone swarms in Arizona and talking about them flying over a nuclear power plant in Arizona. And they did it for multiple nights, a huge swarm of what they called drones. They say there's also a matter of an American Airlines flight flying out of Phoenix where there were some UAPs in the skies at altitudes they shouldn't be at, flying at speeds they shouldn't be at. And that happened over the border of Arizona and New Mexico. Remember, we had the Phoenix Lights there. That was a massive UFO sighting, one of the biggest ever in the history of ever. And they say they've been long been highlighted as an area with a lot of UAP activity. But I, I'm looking at a list here, and it, it's insane. A lot of uh, pilots flying F-35s in the vicinity of Buckeye, Arizona, suburb of Phoenix, made a report about three to four on a, uh, UAPs at 17,000 feet on April 22nd. 2022, an F-35 pilot reported eight of these at an altitude of 16 to 20,000 feet in the vicinity of Glendale, Arizona. Fighter jets in the skies over southwestern Arizona have been encountering apparent drones with unusual characteristics and some at far higher altitudes than your typical consumer-grade types can operate. They say, in fact, the things that these are doing, really most military drones can't do. Now, is the United States military up there busting their own aircraft with drones to see what their pilots will do or to see if they can outmaneuver possibly a fighter jet because imagine if you could make a drone that could do things that a fighter jet could do or outperform a fighter jet you don't need really fighter jets anymore here's another one march 25th 2021 pilots in a pair of f-35s flying in the vicinity of casa grande arizona uh they reported a large white unidentified object 24,000 feet According to one entry in the FAA logs, the object, which appeared to be stationary, was described as a small general aviation aircraft or a very large drone. Now you go to higher altitudes, you got two F-35 pilots observed a blue-green UAP at 36,000 feet near Glendale, Arizona on March of 2021. On September 28th of that year, the individual at the controls of another F-35 observed what are reported to be drones while southwest uh, at 32,000 feet. And it, it goes on, like, I don't have time to give you every single one of them. But every single one of them involve an American fighter jet and a report by a pilot of multi-small crafts reported to be, quote, drones flying at altitudes and speeds that drones can't fly at and can't perform at. So either China or Russia has a fleet of drones camping out in Arizona that they are spying on our military and nuclear facilities in Arizona with, or we have a massive UFO problem 
in Arizona. They've got a report. Uh, it's just it's entry after entry after entry. 14,500 feet. Another one in December of 2022. Uh, two separate encounters with one jet. It goes on and on. 21,000 feet. These things are just everywhere. 33,000 feet. It is crazy. They say they have pointed out in the past how reports about incidents involving UAPs, drones, and other things such as balloons are clearly being passed through multiple U.S. military reporting streams. This includes classified channels and make it difficult to easily get a sense of the full picture of what's going on. What do you do? You report it to 30 different people. No one really knows the severity of the situation. These guys are putting the pieces together as the nation is now starved for UFO reports and UFO updates, and now we're getting a lot. They say the Chinese spy balloon kind of helped the government muddy the waters and keep everyone like, ah, oh, it's just spy balloons, it's nothing to see here. When they still say two of those spy balloons still have never been identified or even acknowledged that they found them after they shot them down, whatever they were. So, insanity in Arizona. Arizona might be the biggest hotbed of UFO activity, especially around military craft in the world. All right, coming up next, I'm going to give you a story that just, it just makes my heart just skip a beat. I'm so happy. I love this story. Happened right here in California, they think. And it's a video that somebody posted on social media and the guy that filmed it is a douchebag. And the guy, oh, it's, just, it's so good. It's out of a 7-Eleven. I want to find these guys at 7-Eleven and buy them a beer. But before we talk about that, let's get into an interview with our little dude, Danger Boy Deegan, right here on the Big 4-9. Big 49, it is Stretch Show, and right now we are sitting down with the Danger Boy, Mr. Hayden Deegan, who just turned in the first 1-1 of the season in the 250 class. And what a performance that was, Hayden. A really, really great ride out there. Uh, yeah, you put down, it was two statement rides. And you've, you've been off uh, the last couple of weeks, as in off the podium. And we're used to seeing you up on the box. And that was after getting the red plate. So how good did it feel to get that 1-1 one, one and just send that message to everybody in the 250 class today? Yeah, definitely. It's a good 1-1. One, one. Uh, feels good. Uh nice. It's nice, though, being a rookie, no pressure on you. You just go have fun every weekend, and uh, yeah. that's kind of paying off. So, yeah, we had fun, got some good starts. Second moto wasn't a, the greatest start. Top five still, though, so I knew I could do yeah. some work, and, uh, yeah, we got to the lead, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited. All right, let's talk about that second moto where you turned in a 2.15, not only the fastest lap of the day for you, the fastest lap of the day for anybody in any moto in any class you put down an absolute heater, and it was really late, uh, late in that race. It allowed you to really cement the victory. You were, you know, getting out fr uh, front, or actually at that point you were still running down Cooper, and then you put in that lap time that no one's seen a speed like that. Did you know how fast you were going, or were you just feeling yourself and just riding really hard trying to make up that little bit of lost ground? Yeah, when I was catching the guys, I knew I had a good pace, and uh, yeah. I was like, I mean, shoot, I'm, I have the speed. It's might as well yeah. try to break these guys right now so uh, <laughs> nice. I just sent it hard you know yeah. got to the lead and uh, yeah laid down those fast times all right let's talk about that one one today being the first one of the season for the 250s do you feel like that is a statement that is like sending a message to everybody else because last week when Hunter turned it a one two which was pretty rare air in that 250 class this year it was a big deal then you go one one so uh, uh, how big was that for you today I mean yeah uh, going one one you got to overcome pressure you know so yeah. Uh, I was able to do that and ride smooth the whole race, and that's a big yeah. key to win. So, uh, I mean, definitely going 1-1 was good. All right, and then when you get the second overall win, you surpass your pop's all-time career win. Uh, a lot of people were going, oh, man, here comes the freaking ghost riding the whip off the finish line. Uh, how come we didn't see that today? Oh, no, I'm saving that one for Supergross. we gotta, <laughs> we got to manifest nice. on that one and wait okay. till we get a Supergross win. But, okay. uh, I mean, hopefully that comes soon in Supergross season. So. <laughs> okay. But, uh yeah, when it comes time, we'll decide that in Supergross. All right. Uh, can't wait to see that happen. I got a feeling we got a win coming uh, this coming Supercross season. It's going to be fun to watch out for. But let's go back to this. You're a rookie. One 
thing that rookies usually face as they get into the pros, especially in the outdoor season, is these long-ass motos, and they've never raced anything like that in their amateur career. Yet here you are not only excelling with the long motos, then you have that 215 in you at the end when no one else has any gas left in the tank. You were able to turn it on. How did that happen today? Well, like, what's going on with you as a rookie? Uh, yeah, I got that kid energy, you know. Uh, <laughs> 235s, uh, yeah. since you uh, spent some time recovering, and 235s yeah. are, you know, easy to me now. So at okay. the end of that 35, I was like, I mean, I got energy. Why not? Let's lay down some heaters. <laughs> so uh, we did that, and... Uh, yeah, it's just really trying to, you know, show that I can lay down those fast laps. All right, and then when you really put the heater down, was that a lot of because Hunter was behind you and you know Hunter is coming because that dude can eat his way through the pack? So was that part of that motivation there? Or were you just, you know, feeling it today and finding another level? Yeah, I mean, on the start, Hunter was right behind me. He's about yeah. fifth, and uh, he was right there with me. So I was like, I got to get going. And uh, I took a little bit of laps, you know, just – finding lines and then about halfway is when I really set off and uh, yeah. yeah just try to you know prove my point and lay down those fast laps all right and let's talk about your fitness I know Yamaha's got Swanee as your trainer uh, how much of this is credited to uh, the workout regime and being absolutely physically dialed in and how much of this is you being a, a just younger than everybody else and just just having more energy like you're saying yeah Swanee's uh, an awesome trainer it's proven yeah. that his stuff works with uh, the champion stars one yeah. and uh, I mean yeah there could be extra stuff you know that I do uh, okay. I keep that one to myself but uh, yeah I mean you just got to work hard and uh, this sport it's uh, rare to find some guys that never want to give up and I feel like I have that in me so that's right. kind of what I feed off all right and and here's uh, another thing on this so you you managed to you know dig and fight and get through these 35 minute motos like no big deal but Another thing you're facing now, especially where we're past the halfway point, is this is a long-ass season, and it's consistent. It's every weekend you're racing outside of here the next couple weeks. We'll be off for, for the first real break of the entire year for you guys. But is it, you know, has there been a point where you're like, damn, I am feeling it. Like, this is wearing me down. I need a break. Have you hit that wall at all this season? Yeah, rookie season, you got to learn this type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, after Southwick was my, my first, like, yo, like, uh, <laughs> I got to I gotta spend a lot more time recovering. So yeah. um, that's uh, what we did these last two weeks to just keep building myself back up. And, yeah, this week we can really be able to fire off. All right, and here you are going into a two-week break now. But just last year, you were racing at Loretta Lynn's. That's coming up here in the next week or so. Are you heading out there to watch anybody, or is Yamaha got you going out there to do any official duties? Like, what's going to happen uh, with you and Loretta Lynn's, if anything, or, or period, for what's going to happen with you for the next couple weeks? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know exactly what they want me to do, but, I mean, yeah. just get back to work. It's close now, and... Uh yeah, the nerves are running, so we got to go. All right, well, can't wait to see what's going to happen when we get back to racing here in a couple weeks at Unadilla. It has been absolutely fun. What a great job today. Congratulations. Maximum effort, maximum reward today, and you absolutely kicked ass out there. So uh, congratulations to you and the Star Racing Yamaha crew. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49 with Danger Boy Deegan on your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Scrolling around everywhere looking for news to talk about in the moto industry. And there was absolute jack crap to talk about yesterday. Not even at Loretta Lynn's because it was pretty much a washout. They had a whole bunch of rain. In fact, you know it was a slow day at Loretta Lynn's when just about everybody posted a video of it pouring rain and everybody taking shelter from the rain and then a skunk runs out of the woods and tries to take shelter with all the people who are now freaking out because there's a skunk running around in there. That was the biggest news out of Loretta Lynn's yesterday. I would love to have seen some racing in the mud, but I don't know what they got going after the rain. It looked pretty heavy. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it's a stretch show on a Friday. Don't forget, LCR today. Last chance for romance? No. Last chance radio. It is the last chance qualifier radio show with Moto Man and Bookie Kyle in your mouth. That's where they are. So get ready for that today, 3 o'clock right here on the 4-9.
I love that show. All right, let's talk about this one. This is the greatest video I've seen in a very long time, and it just... Uh, I, if you're like me, and you see all the videos, and you see all the news stories, and you see all the crap about idiots just walking into stores, stealing stuff, and walking out like there's nothing you can do, and then people just stand there and film them and go, oh, look, they're stealing. They stop, stop. And then if, like, some moron tries to get involved, they all jump on them or they run out the door. And it's absolutely frustrating. Absolutely, absolutely frustrating that this happens. Well, this story, it looked like it was going to be one of those. I saw it go viral yesterday. And then I ended up seeing it on, like, TMZ by the end of the day. It is... A 7-Eleven, and they say they think it's in Stockton, and it's gone viral as hell. Dude walks in. It's a, a, a like a hood rat dude walks in with his face partially covered with like a t-shirt wrapped around his head, and he's pulling you know the trash can with wheels on it, like a big old garbage can with wheels on it, like janitors pull them around at schools and stuff like that. And he's got one of those, and he walks in, and he walks behind the counter, and he just starts grabbing all the cigarettes and filling up the trash can. And you can hear the guys off camera. There's a dude filming them, and the dude's like, hey, hey, get me some swishers or whatever. The dude filming it is apparently in cahoots with this dude. And and the dude filming it is just like, hey, just keep going. They ain't going to do nothing. They ain't going to do nothing. They can't do nothing. And he says to the the guy behind the counter, you can't do anything. Just let it happen. You got insurance? You got insurance, don't you? And this dude's just grabbing all the cigarettes. The cigarettes are, I don't know, 10, 12, 13 bucks a pack, whatever it is. It's expensive stuff. And this guy is filling up a trash can filled with cigarettes. So the the guys are like, finally, one of the dudes from 7-Eleven, one of the clerks, gets in front of him and grabs it. And they're telling him to stop and to go away. And they're calling the police. And the other guy kind of walks back to the back of the store and he disappears. Well, the one guy that stays grabs the trash can. And the dude filming is now like, hey, stop, stop, stop. You can't do that. You can't do that. And about that time, the other dude comes running out of the back of the 7-Eleven and he has got a broomstick and like taking the broom off of it. It's just the handle, just the stick. And he beats the crap out of that thieving a-hole piece of crap. He hits him 25 times as the other dude holds him on the ground and just beats him. And the guy's yelling and screaming, stop, stop. And they are just beating him and beating him and beating him and beating him with a stick. Unfortunately, they're not hitting him in the head and the neck because the other guy's got him held down up by the shoulders. So he's mostly hitting him in the legs and the back and the side. But it is my favorite video I have seen because you know what? F you. F you, you deserve more. If they would have shot him and killed him, I would have been like, cool. He had it coming. And the guy's attitude, and the whole time the guy's stealing it, he's looking at the two 7-Eleven clerks going, you punk bitches ain't doing shit. That's what he's saying on the tape. He's like, F you, get out of the way. You can't do crap. Like, I I got this. And he's calling them names and taunting them while he's stealing from them. And then I guess they've had enough of this crap, and they just beat the living crap out of this guy, and that's what you got to do in California if you want crime to stop. Because the police aren't going to do anything. They would have came. Tell me, that's not grand theft stealing however many hundreds of packs of cigarettes. That's grand theft as all hell. And this dude knew nothing was going to happen to him, so why not do it? There's no reason to not steal in the state of California. There's no reason to not do strong-arm robbery in the state of California. You will not be prosecuted. If you are caught, you will be let go. And here's what's crazy. In this video, after they beat this guy's ass and he lays on the ground, you can tell he's looking for a lawsuit going, I can't move, I can't get up. And finally the guy filming's like, you better get up because the police are coming. If you don't get out of here, you're going to jail. And then the guy stands up and says to the clerk, Give me a give me a soda at least for for what you did to me. And they said, get the f out of here. And then he walked out of the store. Insane. The audacity of these people. They need worse than this. I'm telling you, if I see someone in the act of a crime like that, I have some type of weapon on me at all times because I can carry some of my security weapons. Like obviously the the heater, I can't carry. It's got to be locked up in a box and. Even if it's transported, my vehicle has to be locked in a box in the trunk, so it's not a lot of good to me. And that's why they do that by design, so you can't pull it out and go Rambo on a freaking thief. But I I don't plan on shooting anyone unless they were attacking me or 
my property or the people I'm assigned to protect. But I had no problem busting a club out and just beating the crap out of someone that's a thief. In fact, today, I was driving down that area of East LA right where the trains get robbed, going into the train yard where they steal all the Amazon packages. It was really high profile a year ago or so. And sure enough, we're sitting there at a red light and there's a freight train coming into the yard and one of the containers has both doors wide open just flopping back and forth where somebody had cut the lock on in there and stole everything out of it. I am over crime and I am over the police not doing anything about it and I am way over the district attorney really being the cause of it. And I'm over the mayor's sucking giant penis and I'm over everything about Los Angeles and California and this needs to happen more in this state in my opinion. You see someone committing a crime, beat their ass. And you know what? Duck out after you beat their ass because when you duck out before the police get there, uh, they, they, they shouldn't be coming after you. They're not going to go after the criminals. Why are they going to go after you for stopping a crime? Why are they going to go after you for doing their job? I say it, man. I, I, it's a call to arms right now for citizens of this state to take our state back, to take our stores back. You know what I like? I like cheap prices. I'm a cheap-ass mofo. I'm never going to steal, but I'll tell you what. My prices go up because so much stealing's going on. Businesses that I like going out of business because there's so much crime going on. I got to go to the store and I got to push a button and wait for 37 minutes to get a razor because so many effing douchebags steal them because they're expensive. I'm sick of this. I want my life back. I want my state back. I want my city back. Let's kick these mofos in the ass. Let's beat their ass. Let's get together and vigilante these mofos because that's what needs to happen. There needs to be consequences to the crime and one way to stop them from doing it is to stomp their ass into the ground so maybe they can't steal for a while. That's my, that's my, I'm serious about this. Look this video up, it, it, it'll make your day. Guy gets his ass beat with a broomstick, literally. I'm Stretch, I'm a great American. It's the Big 49. Big 4-9. It's a stretch show on a Friday. Going to continue on our fighting back against crime. And this story is impressive. Old lady. 87-year-old lady. Apparently, she needs to get herself a firearm. But I will give her. She's got moxie. And I appreciate everything this old lady did in this story. Name is Marjorie Perkins. She's 87 years old. She's a retired school teacher. She lives alone, and the other night she woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning to sounds, and there was a young man standing in her bedroom. She woke up and said, like, you know, imagine the startling of a person standing in your bedroom when you open your eyes in the middle of the night. And she's like, you know, hey, what are you doing in here? And he says, I'm going to cut you. At which point, I love this old lady. She says, well, I thought he was going to get me. And if he was going to cut me, I was going to kick him. So I jumped out of bed and put my shoes on. So she jumps out of bed, gets her shoes on, and then he attacks her. He, he doesn't stab her. He just starts beating her ass. Here's the great part. The 87-year-old woman starts beating his ass back. She starts giving as good as she's getting. And she starts scrapping with this young bitch. And they are throwing down. She's got a big bruise on her forehead where he beat her ass. Ends up, by the way, at the end of the story, this is a 17-year-old boy. And he was drunk at the time. He had a water bottle, but it was filled with vodka, and he had been drinking it. And he comes into her house, apparently to do bad things, and physically and very brutally attacks this old lady for no reason, who's just sleeping in her bed. She's telling him to get out, get out, get out. And finally, after fighting with him, the kid gets tired. And then he says, I'm hungry. And he goes into her kitchen, and is looking for food and like ransacking her kitchen. And she goes in and gets him out some peanut butter and crackers and says, here, you can have all these, take them, just get out of my house. And the kid sits down and starts eating the peanut butter crackers. So she's feeding this kid that just beat the shit out of her. And she calls 911, the cops are on the way. The kid eats what he wants and says he's been really hungry and hasn't had any food in a while. And then he runs. Short time later, the police show up, but they got a canine, so they unleashed a canine and they tracked that little prick down quick. Lady said she recognized him. He was a neighbor kid. He used to mow her lawn. So now he gets drunk in the middle of the night, comes back and beats her old lady ass. 
the hell? Shout out to this old lady for putting up a fight and not being a, just a victim and taking it. Because he probably would have, if she had just laid there, he probably would have beat her to death or killed her. Or he probably would have stabbed her. This lady thought quickly, and, and I like it. She said, despite the awful ordeal, that she is, you know, doing pretty well. She said she's glad she didn't let fear overpower her and stop her from defending herself. She said, don't sit there and cry about it. Be ready to kick and pick up a chair and hit somebody with it. So, lady's a scrapper. It'd be better if you reached under your pillow, grabbed a gun, and blasted the little prick, because nobody would have blamed you. You'd had no charges brought on you for that. Guy's in your house saying he's going to harm you, and then he physically attacks you. you. You got all right to blast that person. The law is on your side at that point, especially if you're an 87-year-old lady. So I love that story. I love people are fighting back. I love that people are sick of being victims and just watching these low-life pieces of crap just do what they want. So he, he thought he was hungry so he could go into this old lady's house, beat her and steal her food and rob her. And he was there to do her harm. Why did he go in her bedroom? He was just hungry. He could have just broke in, went in the kitchen, stole some food and ran out. He came there to physically harm this lady. Well, this guy gets a long time in jail. I really, really do. All right, coming up next. How about a little Hunter? Hunter Lawrence coming up next. We dig the Hunter. We'll talk to him. HRC Honda. It's the Big 49. Big 49. It is the Stretch Show. And right now, we are going to sit down with Mr. Hunter Lawrence from Down Under. He rides for the HRC Honda team and holds that red plate rolling in the 250 class and he still holds on to it even though not on the top of the box today and that's something we haven't seen this year hunter typically you've had those bad races where you weren't even on the podium from a bike blow up and and a crash and, and those incidents and then other than that you're usually on the top of the podium and that's what we're used to seeing so i a bad day today i don't you're on the podium still you're leaving with the red plate it's not that bad of a day you're in one piece you did didn't have any, uh, you know, crash-causing injury or anything like that. So walk us through your day, and if it's a good day or a bad day, what do you think? Yeah, tough day for sure. <laughs> um, no, second moto, I was in a pretty, you know, good enough spot to do the job, and, yeah. <clears throat> man, just push the front, you know, in a, in a pretty tricky section of, of little yeah. bumps and little stuff that you can't see much. And, yeah, yeah, push the front and then put a charge on to get back to the boys and when i got back i just freaking <laughs> i was so tired so i uh, just did what i could but yeah okay. all things considering uh, the two dnfs not a yeah. you know terrible day for a bad day but um but yeah we'll good on to the next three all right and let's talk about that that spot where you did go down you had the little mistake wasn't a big deal like say you just watched the front end is it because you can't see uh, this track is the most unique track on the entire circuit when it comes to shadows being everywhere and it being really hard to see and kind of judging, you know, bumps or ruts at times so you can't really see them till you're on them. Is that what happened to you? Did you get caught in, in a section where you couldn't really see the track because of shadows? Uh, yeah, it's not easy, but, you know, I'm looking at the same track as every other racer out there, so it's yeah. uh, it's no different for me to everyone else. So Yeah. It is what it is. You know, we got the same track to deal with every year, so you can't be be so arrogant to come back and thinking it's going to be changed or going to be so much better. So definitely unique, that's for sure. All right, and another thing that was very unique today was in that first moto for you guys, the gate dropped really quick, and it seemed like it caught a lot of you guys off guard that you were not ready for that gate to drop when it did. And I know there were malfunctions with the gate before that, so there was a lot of gate issues. But when it dropped really quick in that first moto, did that catch you completely off guard and cause a bad start? Um, I don't think the malfunctions had anything to do with the gate dropping yeah. way earlier. I'm pretty <laughs> sure maybe that you know the gate yeah. guy just got a little, little throttle happy. But yeah, definitely caught us off guard. You know, it's normally always five or more seconds yeah um but hey you gotta expect the unexpected and you know be better all right and then let's talk about the importance of this race today uh last round you really came out and did a statement with a one two finish and an overall win and then how important was it to you uh today to get out and have another really positive hard result you know to hold on to that red plate uh no important than any other weekend you know i won yeah. all the four at the start of the season we had two dnfs and yeah. then uh got back to business today was a tough day but still as an overall still good still consistent you know yeah. on the box again and um yeah i mean 
no more no more importance on last weekend or this weekend you know they're all they're all important all right and then speaking of important how are the ribs i know that it's been an ongoing issue this entire season they were hurt before the first round and then every time it seems like you get it back to near 100 percent, you have another crash so how are the ribs doing right now at this point in the season it's tough i mean uh, it's kind of similar deal to the first four rounds okay Looking forward to the weekend off to get them back to 100%. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but hopefully we can heal them back up properly for yeah. Unadilla. All right. And then we're sitting here looking at this podium with you, with uh, Hayden, with Cooper. You think uh, this is the, the guys you're going to be battling with all the way down the end? Yeah. I haven't got a crystal ball, but uh, <laughs> I think there's a pretty good chance that it'll yeah. be us three towards the end. So, we have to see. All right. Well, I can't wait to see, and I can't wait to see you guys at Unadilla throwing it down again. Uh, but right now, we've got a two-week break. You guys have some time off. I know uh, you and Jet were staying up in this part of the world to do some golfing, right? Golf, uh, yeah, over in Idaho, just across the border. So that'll be nice. cool. Looking forward to it. Little, uh, little few days off and then back to work. All right. Can't wait till you get back to work at Unadilla. We will be there with bells on, waiting to see if you can hold on to that red plate and fend off Danger Boy. It's been really great watching this year. Can't wait to see you two uh, closer to 100% with the rib injury after a couple of weeks off. So have a great time getting your golf on. We'll see you back on the track in a few weeks. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Here we are, another day into this long week, and still no video of Ricky Carmichael riding a Triumph dirt bike. He's posting all kinds of social media stuff of him putting around on one of their Enduros off-road, riding trails, having a good old time, but no dirt bike. There is no Triumph dirt bike. At least no one's ever seen a Triumph dirt bike, and Ricky Carmichael damn sure doesn't ever ride one. He loves to ride Triumph street bikes and Triumph Enduros, but someday, maybe, we'll get to see an actual Triumph dirt bike. I hear they're going to have a race team next year, but you better have a damn motorcycle in a store or they're not going to let you join the race league next year because you have to be able to sell X amount of units before they'll recognize you as an actual brand. Good luck on that. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's a Stretch show. All right, here's a story about a little justice hopefully being served. The FCC actually doing something good. You know the FCC, Federal Cocksucker Commission? Guys that would prosecute the hell out of you and hound you for saying a dirty word on the radio back in the day? Criminal sons of bitches. Destroyed the radio industry through deregulation. Those guys? Yeah, they finally did something worthwhile. Uh, this week, they issued a $300 million fine on a group of companies that are the biggest robocallers in American history. The $300 million fine, so that they found out who it was, they tracked him down, they found out two of the guys that owned the companies had already been court ordered to never, ever, ever operate call centers for life. They've been banned for life from having a call center. Yet they find out they had the biggest one ever said they used more than 1 million different caller ID numbers in an attempt to disguise the, uh, the true origin of the robocalls and trick victims into answering the phone. And the whole thing was a scam anyways. They were trying to sell like car warranty things. If you ever got that one, that's who it was. These guys got popped. And here's the big wah, wah, wah of this story though. They say the FCC generally has little success in collecting fines issued against robocallers. And then they can refer the unpaid fines to the Justice Department, and then they can harass these guys for a very long time. And I'd love to see these guys be harassed every second of their waking lives for eternity, maybe even in hell in the lake of fire, if, you know, God sees it fit that way. Because they are scumbags. So since 2018, they operated a complex scheme designed to facilitate the sale of vehicle contracts under the false and misleading claim of selling auto warranties. And these guys are scumbags and they made hundreds of millions of robocalls. And then they found out they were using the uh, do not call list as the list to call. So they took the do not call list and they're like, well, here's our list. And they were calling everybody on the do not call list. 
That's a fine every time you call a number on that list. I'm on that list. Don't call me, Moto Man. I'll find you. $300 million. That's what they got whopped with. That's a little bit of justice. Makes you feel a little better. I hope they get it, and if they don't get it, I hope they go to jail. And I hope they take everything these guys own, every penny, every everything. Because these are the scummiest of the scumbags. Oh, I hate robocalling sons of bitches. All right, let's wrap it up and get out of here. Coming up next, we'll rerun that interview with Justin Cooper and the Star Racing Yamaha crew. I'm going to say goodbye for a Friday. Get ready for the LCR. Get ready for heels tonight on Stars. Going to be a good weekend. Step big four nine. It is the stretch show. I am the stretch re. I am wrapping it up. Three more Friday shows to go. And the third one will be the last one. And the old uh, moron is going to retire. I'm going to ride off to the sunset, never to do radio again. At least on no form of a daily basis. Ah, man, it has been fun. I am trying to orchestrate this pay-per-view fight between Ricky Carmichael and Moto Man. Motoman really wants to fight him. He called me during the last segment. And he's like, you tell that punk bitch to bring it. Said he said, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. I'm Ginger Kong. That's what he said. I'm Ginger Kong. Said, I'll fight that fool. And he said he's gonna ride up on a Honda. Because he said he would ride up on a Triumph, but they don't exist. Moto's been, he's mad. Ricky, you piss people off. You need to start showing motorcycles or shut the hell up. Stop running your trap. Get your ass beat by guys like Moto Man. Moto Man don't play. The people of the world are fed up. They're fed up with crime. They're fed up with low-life dirtbags. And they're fed up with liars. Which one are you? Which one are you, the goat? Which one? I'm going to say you're a liar. I don't think you're a dishonest, dishonest dirtbag. And I, and I don't think you're a criminal. I think you're lying is borderline criminal. But Moto Man's ready to answer to that for me. That's my homie. That's my ride or die homie. He's got my back. He heard my rants. And he's like, I'm down, Stretch. Set it up. Give me a day. Give me a time. I'm coming. He said he'll come and, like, throw down a bed of thumbtacks and slam himself into him just to show how serious he is. He's like crazy. He's a loped-out gangster. We're going to get him on season three of Heels. That's what we're going to do. If there is a season three, I hope there is. That would be good for the, for the Dukester. All right, I gotta go. I gotta go get lunch. Fat people have to eat. I'm, I'm eating everything bad right now. I'm gonna probably gain 10 pounds in the next three weeks before I go into ultra diet, super workout mode. That is coming. That is coming. I, I see it coming, so I'm psyching up now. All right, it is time for me to get up out of here. I, I seriously thank you guys for everything, for listening to the 49, for being a part of the 49, for giving a crap about the 49. This place has been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot of good times with my friends, and I will forever hold it in a near and dear place in my heart. So, I'll be back on Monday. We're not done yet. Strap it on, strap it in. Till then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.